0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahneman. Thanks for
1: listening. Thanks for tuning Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. It's Justin and the ContenderCast, for shining a light on bright ideas today. A company, first time on the podcast, The Vegan Knife. I can't even wait to introduce you to their owner, Julie Butcher. Julie, it's so great to have you on the podcast.
2: Thank you so much for inviting me, Justin.
1: I'm excited you're here. I mean, like, your company name is cool. What you're doing is super cool. Uh, I can't even wait to dive in. For those who don't know The Vegan Knife, the line of cupcake, cake, and donut mixes that are gluten-free, vegan, soy-free, nut-free, egg-free, and dairy-free. I know I, that's a long list. I can't even wait to like hear more <laughs> in just a few minutes. Um, but Julie, it's so great to have you here. Um, as I always do before we get to the company, I'd love to just understand your background. You know, what were you doing before you decided to la- launch this company?
2: Well, I was actually an attorney. I practiced law for seven years before I decided to um, dive in into the food industry.
1: Wow, <laughs> that's crazy! Um, any specific space, like in the in the law law world?
2: My uh, primary specialty was employment law.
1: Oh, very good. Awesome. All right. And so how did you decide, you know what, I'm just going (laughs) to... I got my JD and everything, but I'm going to go launch my own food business. How did that start?
2: Well, um, when you practice law, your life is pretty stressful. And the type of work that I was doing required me to travel a lot. And I really wanted to start a family um, my husband is an attorney as well, so both of us having the same lifestyle was pretty challenging um, if we wanted to start a family. So um, I decided, you know what, um, as it is, law does not really fulfill me. Um, at the same time, I had some health challenges um, that included uh, some food allergies as an adult. And I said, you know, maybe I need to rethink my career choice right now.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's, I love that. And so you turned to the food business. Now, were you already doing, you know, I mentioned some of the cupcake, cake, donut mixes, et cetera. Were you already doing that? Or how did you decide this is going to be the space you were going to dive into?
2: Yeah. So I know I wasn't really doing that. Um, It started because, you know, as I said, I I had a multitude of health issues and um, I found this amazing doctor and she was able to diagnose me with those food allergies. But the challenge was when you went to the supermarket, there really was not anything that um, someone that had multiple food allergies could buy in terms of desserts. So I told her, I said, look, what am I supposed to do for my birthday? And she was (laughs) like, there's nothing available. She said, create your own. Wow. So she was from New York. So she was like, what you want me to do? Create your own. So that's how it all started.
1: <laughs> she said it like a New Yorker. I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so great. It's one thing to say, to say that, or even to say, you know what, I'm going to do that. It's another to actually bring that to life. So, um, what did the first couple steps look like? How did you, how did you get started?
2: Well, you know, that's actually what I told my doctor. I said, I am not in the culinary business. Um, how am I going to figure this out? And she was like, you'll figure it out. So of course, you start by trying to understand you know, what licensing you need in the state of Florida, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> but when we started our business, we started as a meal delivery service initially. And we offered meals that were all vegan, gluten-free, allergy-friendly. But what we discovered is it was not very easy to scale that business model. <clears throat> Got it. So, we said, you know, I took a hiatus um, from that. Um, again, I had some health issues and I used the time to refocus. And my husband said, you know, you need to find the area in the market where it's a white space. and sure. so what is that space going to be? And so I said, desserts for sure, because there's nothing out there. So you can find gluten free mixes. I mean, everyone is, you know, has some sort of aversion to that, but then it has add eggs, add butter, right. um, which are other food allergens that a lot of people are already allergic to apart from the gluten.
1: Got it. That so makes I sense. said,
2: you know, yes. So I said, well, definitely this is something we need to, re- you know, think about. So we started making the uh, cupcakes um, and just selling them as a whole product. We started at the farmer's market. I think almost every food business starts at the farmer's right. market. So many of my guests yeah. have too. So fun. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a great way to test your product, get honest feedback. And so we started doing that. And what we noticed is that people were always telling us, hey, I want, because you know this area in Florida is very seasonal. And so they would tell us, hey, I'm going back to New York. I'm going back to Michigan. I would love to have um, you know, your cupcakes. And I'm like, well, I can't really ship them. Um, That's kind of like, they're not going to get there intact. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, my husband was like, if you want to scale this company, you are going to have to take those recipes you have and convert them into user-friendly baking mixes, just like a Betty Crocker. And I was like, "Uh, what? (laughs) I am not Betty Crocker. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, that is not very easy. I told him. And so, of course, he gives the ideas, but then he kind of shifts the, you know, work to me. So (laughs) that's basically how it started.
1: That is So. so funny that is really great um so that's how it started i love it uh and what a cool idea and and you know you hadn't really worked in this so i i get it now so now you're you're focused on the mix part how did you figure out like how to make mixes that were like saleable and i guess you somewhat solved it by doing the farmers markets but it's it's one thing to make a couple (laughs) trays i'll call them for farmers markets another to actually sell them like in a retail store or online right
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean your your cup measuring you know system doesn't work anymore. Now you're dealing with grams and now you're dealing with um, a co-packer in which you need to understand the production sheets when you're producing you know thousands you know of pounds.
1: And how did you so find a co-packer?
2: It, well, I looked online, um, and by the way, the first two co-packers were terrible. Oh, Um, really? (laughs) Yes. Without using any
1: names, what was it that didn't work? I think it's always helpful for our audience to hear, you know, not just what worked, but what didn't work.
2: Well, the first co-packer... Um, had a very interesting uh, (laughs) pricing system um, that was was not very beneficial. It wasn't very clear
1: (laughs) what's beneficial. That was not very
2: beneficial to um, the uh, business. So for example, they would charge by day. So oh. they never guaranteed how much they could produce in one day. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know, you know, today you produce 500 pounds and tomorrow 600. There's, I mean, I really need a per unit price. Right. So that was very challenging. On top of that, um, that co-packer just, um, decided they wanted to change the recipe, um, because they thought that it would be better.
1: Um, and so it's what your recipe, up, not theirs.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Um, which took about two years, by the way, to develop.
1: Oh my gosh! I was yes. just going to ask how. Long... Go ahead, keep continue, and then I'll ask you that.
2: So um, that first co-packer uh, that we really did not last very long with them. We um, parted ways. Then we had the second co-packer, and that co-packer um, does a lot of private labels for big um, supermarkets out sure. there. So the problem we had with them was. I think at some point they felt that we were a competitor. Oh. And so, yes, because they were, you know, we used a top eight, you know, free from the top day um, facility to produce our products. So he is basically producing the same type of stuff. And so at some point we were like, well, (laughs) the way they were acting, we were like, I think these people are starting to think that, you know, we're a competitor and a Co-packer should really be a partnership. So we decided to part ways with them, and now we're on our third co-packer and they're fantastic. It's truly a partnership. Um, if I have a question or if I need anything, I can just pick up the phone, call their, you know, the owner's cell phone or send them an email and they're sure. very responsive. So But, you know, for those of you who want to be food entrepreneurs, (laughs) I think that would be the best piece of advice I can give you is if your relationship with your co-packer is not a true partnership, um, you really need to find someone else because they oh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, they are stepping in in your shoes and the success of your product. A lot of it is going to come down to how well your co-packer is, you know, Producing your recipe,
1: right? No doubt, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. how long did it take? You mentioned two years. So, how? It, you, it, so, what was in that two years to create your mix? Like, what did that process look like?
2: Well, um, I would say um, the hardest product for me to create is our birthday cupcake, um, but it also is the most popular item that we have and that is because i am very type a very particular <laughs> and unless i would eat it i am not going to put you know my name on a product so that one was actually um f- we we had really four core products in the beginning including the birthday but i kept tweaking it um and that one i would say was the last one to to go out into market we reformulated it several times before i was like I'm happy with it. Got it. So it's um, a lot of obviously converting um, the recipes and in, into grams, and now make it scalable. Um, and then on top of that, dealing with um, the pouches. Um, and all the instructions on it and all the graphic work, et cetera. How did you
1: figure out packaging and things like, again, you hadn't been in the industry, right? So how did you sort out how to do that? How to pour the right amount, how to like put the barcode and all, I mean, you know, how did you sort through that?
2: Well, um, I had a very um, good friend who was, um, a food broker before she retired. And, you know, in the beginning, my recipe would be for eight cupcakes And she was like, you need to make them for 12. So that was the first step in reformulating um, my mixes. But um, in the beginning, we, I mean, I had no money. This, by the way, this whole journey has been self-funded. I have no investors. Um, And so, you know, just getting the pouches, we could not afford what we have now. I um, told the uh, label company, hey, um, I will buy the labels from you to stick on my packages, um, but you have to do the artwork for free because I don't have <laughs> money for that. Right. Yeah. Wow. So now we obviously have a full, you know, um, color pouch. And, you know, it's amazing. But again, that exactly. also was um, a long project as well. So.
1: <laughs> and when did you start selling? In other words, for, and and how long from, hey, you know, to your husband says you should do your, you know, we powder to actually selling a unit like how long did that take
2: well (laughs) quite a while i mean we launched um we did a very soft launch um in late late 2017 but we launched with you know new packaging and things like that in 2018 um the first launch that we you know because I know that you know we're a young company. No one knows us, right? So I was like, "How am I going to go ahead and launch this product?" I said it has to be on Amazon because I need some sort of platform that people are going to be searching for this type of product. So right. It took a while um, before we were able to actually, you know, make the make the transition to Amazon.
1: And that's, that's a whole learning experience in itself, right? And it's not so simple <laughs> just to, to put up a listing and a photo. Oh, I mean, there's no. so much optimization and whatnot, right? To learn in it. Well, it's, 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 it's a, anyway, go ahead. yeah.
2: No, and I mean, and apart from that, um, when you're in the food industry, Amazon does require you to... I had to send them invoices from my <laughs> co-packers. So they were sure that this was not some, si- some type of business. I'm just you know, kind of sitting there with a measuring cup and putting things in in the
1: bag. Um, (laughs) So I guess it could be. (laughs) So
2: so they were they were very strict, Um, even to the onboarding process took some time as well, because you needed the um, insurance, you needed those invoices from them, you needed all this type of stuff. And then the like you said, the 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 back end of event starts, totally. you know, setting up for optimization and things like
1: that. Yeah, I'm very familiar. But right now, the vegan knife, gluten free and vegan yeah. cupcake and cake mix, birthday cake flavor is Amazon's choice for vegan cake mix right now. It's yes. pretty cool and yes. great ratings, very Multiple great, times. awesome ratings. Um, okay, very cool. So, um, you decide you go on Amazon. What about in store retail? How? What's your thought on that?
2: Well, um, we did, um do lucky's market we were in lucky's market but um i don't know if you're familiar with their story i mean they expanded very quickly and um kroger had invested in them and then they went bankrupt right so um obviously you know that you know hurt our business because we were in a lot of stores in florida we had invested a lot in demos and you know customer acquisition, things like that. So, um, but, you know, I learned so much from what is really needed to succeed in the supermarket, you know, in retail industry. So I decided that, yeah, for the time being, I decided I'm just going to focus on, you know, wholesaling to donuts, um, bakeries. Um, they will buy our mixes and then they will bake them in house and sell them under their name. So we have that side of the business too. So that's
1: that's very cool. And then when did you know it was working? Like, was there a time when you're like, yeah, they're not just doing farmer's markets now we're getting, we're making money. Like, uh, was there a turning point or a point where you were like, okay, this is, this is, this investment starting to pay off.
2: I would say when we started seeing the sales on Amazon and then we started noticing that all these bakeries and donut shops were ordering our product. Um, When you start seeing these orders of 9, 10, 11, 12 of one product, I was like, hold on a second. Because honestly, when I created this product, I saw it as home cook, you know, wants to bake a cake for themselves or for the child, you know. I mean, there, there needs to be a solution. I honestly did not envision that these bakeries and donut shops were going to start buying our product. So that's when I was like, if these, you know, bakeries and donut shops are buying our stuff, baking it and getting money from it, I think that this is working,
1: right? I'd say so. Gosh, that's awesome. And then how do you think about different flavors versus like, did you launch with one flavor or three or two? Like what did that look like then? And now?
2: Well, um, we wanted to launch with, you know, at least a nice variety. So we did start with um, the uh, chocolate was the first one created. Um, We did the uh, cinnamon sugar donut, um, we had the vanilla spice. Those were created more like um, during the fall, winter time. And then obviously, you know, as time went by and people started making the switch to, we want something sugar-free, then we decided to launch a sugar-free version of our birthday cupcake mix. Um, so kind of, you know, I, I still keep on trying to do product development. Um, I foresee expanding into maybe like, The pancake, you know, mixes, things you know, things like
1: that. So love that idea. Very, very cool, Um, man. It's so fun to see. uh, You know, it's it's taken time, and yet here you are. You know, you've had some successes, you've had some setbacks, but you've had more successes, and um, it's just exciting to see where you are and where you're headed. I always love to ask our guests what would be two or three of their. Biggest lessons learned. You talked about the co-packer earlier. Um, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our podcast. What, what else could you share with our listeners as they're thinking about starting a brand like this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, before talking about that, I, I wanted to encourage everyone because, um, you know, during business, like I'm gonna you know talk about these lessons in a second, but sometimes you're going to maybe feel like I'm not making any progress. But if you really believe in you and in your brand, you should not give up. For example, I don't know if you know this, but I recently was um one of the 10 uh female winners of the Stacey's Rice project of 2021. Amazing. Which is uh, yes, so you know, that is a program in conjunction um with Stacy pita chips. We got mentorship from executives at Frito-Lay and PepsiCo. Um, during this program. And Reese Witherspoon was the um, partner for the program as well (laughs) as a female entrepreneur. So, So, I mean, I got selected out of, you know, over 9,000 applications. Unbelievable.
1: So so, you should be proud of that. I mean, that's so great.
2: Absolutely. But, you know, if I would have quit when I had some of these setbacks, I would have never gotten to this point, you know? So the lessons that I want, you know, people to know is number one, At times when you start a company, you know, you have a very specific idea of what your product or service will be, but it's okay if your vision changes, you know, along the way. Um, Some people may think that if you have to kind of, change paths that you're failing. Um, But to the contrary, you are being a smart business person by actually shifting gears. That's what I had to do um, when I felt like, well, you know, maybe this um, meal delivery service, you know, it's not that scalable, then I need to regroup and shift. So I would say that would be the first lesson. And then the other lesson I would say is you know, as a business owner, you will face multiple challenges. Um, every single business owner I've ever spoken to has a lot, even the most successful ones have a laundry list of setbacks. But, you know, the key is how do you handle those challenges? Right. And your success will be determined by how you handle those. You know, you figure out how you can fix it, you learn from it, and you move forward with the company.
1: Well, wow, I love that. Such great advice. And, and, um, and yeah, you, it, it's, you're right. Sometimes plans change, but your vision for the, you know, doing something and, and making an impact and launching a brand stays the same, right? And you've got to be flexible. Yes. Um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your product, etc.
2: So they can buy our product on our website, theveganknife.com, or they can also buy our product on Amazon.
1: That's easy. Julie, so fun having you on today. It's been so great meeting you. you. Um, I hope you'll come back down the road as you continue to grow and evolve the business and launch new flavors and get into new stores. And uh, I know you'll have more stories for us. So thanks so much for being here with us today.
2: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands.